My name is Nikki. My name is Charlie. And you're listening to Bed Crime, Crime Stories, a weekly true crime podcast where we pour ourselves a drink and take turns telling each other the stories that keep us up at night. Hello. 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 Um, hi. Hello. <laughs> hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. Sorry, I was like getting ready to burp and then it didn't happen and the dog started crying. So I was just like, Hello. I'm I actually I'm also she, feeling very tired. I actually mm-hmm. think she yawned because it sounded like the. She also oh. probably is whining because she's a constant whiner. Always has been. She's whiners and whiners. Yeah, she's the whiniest dog on the planet. But I but I love her. I um. Know. Anyway, so yeah, how's everybody doing tonight? You guys, you're the oh. only two people in the room. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm just like what? Yeah. Living the dream. All right. Nice. The COVID dream. dream. The COVID dream. The COVID dream. Yes. The COVID dream that never ends. The nightmare mm-hmm. that just feeling those panty blues. Mm-hmm. Wait, what's that? Pandemic blues. <gasps> oh, I thought I you meant like panty. Yeah, like I was thinking panty. Oh, I will never say that word because that's a gross word for underpants. I was like panty blues. What the oh, hell is that? You know what I just. You know what I figured out today. What? You want to know what I figured out today? You know how most people hate the word moist. It makes me feel a little uncomfortable. Do you know what my word is that totally grosses me out? Chunk. <gasps> okay, okay, so you want to know my word that's so gross. Okay. gross. Being a barista, uh-huh. the one thing that irritates me when people say it is squirt. Oops, that's a gross Can I get a word too? squirt? And I'm just like, it makes me feel uncomfortable. Yes. Yeah. And I'm like, pump. Yes. A pump, not a, a squirt. A squirt is gross. It's just, there's something about chunk and panties. Those are my two, like, that Chunky totally. Chunk. Moist and squirt. How about moist chunky panties? That squirt. Why are we doing this to each other? (laughs) Self torture. I don't know. Squirt makes me uncomfortable. I was I was actually listening to my favorite murder today in the car, and Karen was telling a story about it was unidentifiable chunks, and I was like, and then I was like, that's it. That's the word. That is the word that goes up my spine. Yeah. Oh chunk because i think i instantly think of vomit yeah yeah it just takes me right to that place That's, which is not a good yeah. place squirt just i don't know what no, it squirt's is gross because it's like it's borderline sexual but it's also like an innocent word but like you can't help but i yeah connect it to that sexual part of it and it's just it's gross oh my god no unnecessary it's an unnecessary word all okay. right well this week it is uh it's time for the uh true crime headlines that's how we should start doing it from now on true crime headlines there we go oh god it's like a it's like a tick okay so i'm going to go ahead and tell my first true crime headline this was i actually got this from our local tampa bay area news so this is but it's not a local news story Uh, okay i just got it from their their news source i think it's like an ap story story um so it's from spectrum news nine formerly known as bay news nine cholesterol nine um and the this was published on september 7th 2021 and the headline is ethel kennedy says sirhan sirhan Mm. should not be paroled so robert f kennedy's widow which I'm sorry, this is going to sound awful. And like, I really do apologize. I did not know Ethel Kennedy was still alive. Like, truthfully. I had no idea. Um, but anyway, uh, Robert F. Kennedy's widow said Tuesday that his killer, Sirhan Sirhan, should not be freed despite the recommendation of the parole board last month. Hmm. Yes. So there's... She was, she's 93. Robert... 
John Kennedy, and then there's Robert J.F. Kennedy Jr., right? Okay, so JFK. Yeah. And then RFK, Robert Kennedy, they were brothers. <gasps> oh, okay, okay. That's where I was getting brothers. confused. Yes. I was like, my brain was just not processing. So JFK was president until 63 when he got shot. Yes. And then couple, I think it was two, two presidential cycles later. Could have been more. I might be lying. But it, I think it was two presidential cycles later. RFK ran for president and he got assassinated during a speech. That is the saddest story. How the fuck did I not awful. know about... And Robert, Robert, but- Robert Kennedy was, and this is not to get political, Robert F. Kennedy was a wonderful human being, and I think that if he was not killed and he actually won the presidency, our world would look very different than it does right now. That's all I will say about that. Wonderful man. This also goes along with my story that I'm doing today. Mm-hmm. I feel like schools do not go over enough things in our history. I mean, Yeah. Because there's some shit that I'm like, why, why do I not know that? Yeah, no, I think that's true. I think that's true. Um, okay, so anyway. So Ethel says that Bobby believed we should work to tame the savageness of man and make gentle the life of the world. Oh, such a good man. He wanted to end the war in Vietnam and bring people together to build a better, stronger country. More than anything, he wanted to be a good father and a loving husband. Ethel Kennedy, 93, said in a statement on Tuesday, Our family and our country suffered an unspeakable loss due to the inhumanity of one man. We believe in the gentleness that spared his life, but in taming his act of violence, he should not have the opportunity to terrorize again. He should not be paroled. Well spoken. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's Sirhan Sirhan is 77 years old. So uh, it should be interesting to see the decision entered a 120 day review period after which it will be forwarded to the governor of California. Wow. We'll have uh, 30 days to decide whether or not to uphold the decision, reject it or modify it. So we'll see. I'm incredibly curious to see how this all plays out. Um, Personal opinion. uh, He should just stay where he's at. Yep. All right, I'm moving on. So my next true crime headline is from BuzzFeed News. Ooh. Yeah, and this was also published on April 7th. Uh, nope, this is not April. This is September. I you like, dumb ass. Okay, this was by, like, damn. What a dumb ass. This is, yeah, like, you're really going no, back no, there. No, 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 you got Char- Charlie, I think everybody knows about this by now. No, okay, so, and you guys probably know this, too, because it's huge news, but... This was posted on September 7th, 2021. And the headline reads, Britney Spears' father has filed a petition to end her conservatorship. Yeah. Uh-uh-uh. It only so, took long enough. For real. The filing comes after the 39-year-old pop star told a judge she wanted to be freed from the court-manded arrangement. Um, so, Jamie Spears... Boo! Boo! Uh, Jamie Spears has asked a judge to end her conservatorship in a shocking move that comes months after the pop star told the court the legal arrangement had followed had allowed him to abuse her for years. Jamie Spears wrote that if the 39 year old singer believes that she can handle her own life, then he believes she can should get that chance. The petition comes days after the singer's attorney accused him of trying to extort approximately two million dollars from her <gasps> in exchange for resigning. So. Personally, I mean, Jamie Spears is trash. Uh-huh. Truthfully, trash. The, truthfully, the only Spears that isn't trash is Britney herself. Mm-hmm. Hashtag free Britney. Um, but Jamie Spears is trash. And I honestly wouldn't be surprised if this move was really just a strategic move for him to 
dodge punishment from trying to extort his daughter. Yeah. So, I mean, but hey, if if at the end of the day it frees Britney, hashtag free Britney, yeah. we will be uh, very happy. I, I would be happy to see it. Yep. Same. I've been I've been waiting for it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Thirteen like, even, years, man. Even with the head shaving thing, because everybody gave her such a hard time, and then like when you actually hear about why she shaved her head you can't you're just like the situation my whole thing is this and i will so i will go back to 2000 what was it so 13 years ago what's that 2007 okay so 2007 i'll go back to 2007 charlie and where i was at in my life and kind of where i thought about this i thought at the time that she needed somebody to kind of step in and and just take care of her Take care of her, her mental health, take care of her well-being, get her to a place where she was going to be able to seek treatment and get herself out of the situation that was thrust upon her. Okay. So at first I was very like pro-conservatorship, but I don't think I really understood what the conservatorship what was, was going doing. On. Exactly. I also have to say, until the Free Britney movement existed, I never really realized that she was still under the conservatorship. Um or at the very least to that extent. And now after hearing her testimony from July mm-hmm. <laughs> and knowing the things that were forced on her and like the medical restriction she was under, the fact that they implanted an IUD in her and she wasn't even able to make the choice whether or not she could get pregnant again. She can't even get into like her boyfriend's car so they can go to the fucking store. Like all of that stuff just makes me sick to my stomach. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Hashtag free Britney. Mm-hmm. So happy to see it. And you know, yeah. at this point, she's almost 40 years old. She'll be 40 in December. Yeah. And because, you know, I just happen to know Britney Spears' birthday. December 2nd. Yes. Um, she'll be 40 in December. And at this point, it's time. It's time for her to make it's time for her to make her decisions. It's time for her to make her own mistakes. If she's going to take back over her life and things are gonna happen and she loses her money, she gets involved with the wrong people. You know what? She's 40 years old. Make the mistakes, you know? Nice. Very nice. Very nice. Mm-hmm. It's actually one of my favorite Britney songs. It's mm-hmm. a great song. It's a great song. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to do it that night. You will find it out. Don't worry. <laughs> I love God. Britney. I love Britney. She's the best. Best tour was the Britney tour. The one that was recorded for in Vegas that you, I bought on DVD. Yeah. That was the tour we saw her in Atlantic City. Yeah. And that was my favorite Britney tour. Because that was the one where she was on the catwalk and it rained. Yeah. That was such a good tour. That was a good tour. Um, I liked all her tours. I liked the circus tour, the too. The circus tour was amazeballs. Yes. And I think I'm partial to it because every time I've seen it, I was wow. Yeah. But. Well, I was second row for the Britney tour. That was. So. Yeah. I was a little no. partial to that one, too. <sighs> Britney in concert, man. She. I hope. I was too young. I She hope, puts on such a good fucking show. I hope that she all this all her conservatorship gets dropped she becomes you know hashtag free britney mm-hmm. legit and she goes back to performing again yeah like i would and i know i don't know if she'd do las vegas again if so cool but i would like a tour that'd be really nice it yeah. would be cool but honestly like it's not gonna be right away no There's no way and honestly if she just wants to retire and like just have a shit ton of babies on an island somewhere yeah god bless man Hashtag God bless. God bless you, Brittany. Do what you want. You do you, boo-boo. You know what I'm saying? 
It's been long enough that you've been under your stupid father's thumb. Mm-hmm. Fuck you, Jamie Spears. Sorry. I get real angry. And Jamie Lynn. And Jamie Lynn. Ooh, She's that two-faced trashier. little skank. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, so that, those are our true crime headlines. Hashtag free Britney. I think I ended an episode a couple weeks ago with hashtag free Britney. You did. Yeah. Good. Because. Good. Free Britney. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's pass it over to Nikki for tonight's uh, bed crime story. All right. So my story today actually made me very rage. Mm. Made me rage on the inside. Yay. It's one of those stories that just really piss you off the more that you read about it. Um, so this was actually um, brought to us by a listener by the name of Jone. Mm-hmm. I hope that I am saying that properly. We love you, Jonay. If Thank that's how you, you. If that's your real name. Uh, her her Instagram um what is it, handle? Yeah. Is that what they call her it? Her at what's your at, her bro? at is infinite underscore JXX. Okay. So if that's your real name. <laughs> so she basically reached out to us and asked if we could cover the Native American boarding schools in the United States and Canada, which... Yeah, I have a feeling this is going to piss me right off. It pissed me off a lot, and I was like, why did I not... Why am I learning about the pilgrims coming over here when I could be learning about this shit? Like, things that actually... Oh, you mean the... Mm, nope. Anyway. <laughs> I was going to say something that was going to get me canceled. <laughs> well, I'll just drink my wine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but... So we covered. Well, I covered uh, the Dozier, uh, the Dozier uh, mm-hmm. boy for boys, the Dozier school for boys yeah. a couple a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. This one, you had done the story of the whole yes. the mass graves in Canada. Yes. So it happened to coincide like the same week that it did. that was yeah. when the the news article came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. freaking crazy. So my sources for this week are an article written by um, Aaron Blackmore. Uh, from the National Geographic. Okay. And an article by Ann Mosley and Aaron Millions. Okay. For scientificamerican.com. Scientificamerican.com. So, I know. I was like, damn, I felt National I'm Geographic. Sci- I'm a scientific American. So. Um, <laughs> so it said Native Americans had inhabited, intended their traditional lands for thousands of years before the arrival of what, uh, white settlers in the 1600s. Mm-hmm. Rather than learn from the land's indigenous people, however, the settlers began to pressure Native Americans to abandon their tradition, uh, traditional societies and adopt um, the ways of the New Republic. Which, when I heard New Republic, all I could think of was Star Wars. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> the, new Re- the New Republic. Well, I just- yeah. So, in 1830, Congress passed the Indian Removal Act a law that allowed the federal government to exchange land in the western U.S. for some tribes' ancestral homelands in the east. But despite brokering more than 350 treaties with native tribes, the U.S. did not fulfill its promises. (laughs) And I wanted to say, surprise. I I am so shocked. Why are you shocking me like this tonight, Nikki? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Instead of allowing Native people to establish permanent homes in the West, it pushed them onto government-assigned reservations. Mm -hmm. So, at first, education was in the hands of missionaries, some of whom set up schools on or near the new reservations. But as white settlers flooded into the Western U.S. in the mid-19th century, forced assimilation became a federal priority. 
The government uh, started to invest in mission schools and day schools, but over time, writes historian uh, Ronald C. Noggle, the reservation environment to which the child returned daily undermined the process of the assimilation. Uh huh. Yeah. So instead, the U.S. turned to the idea of off-reservation boarding schools. So, it found a blueprint in the work of Army General Richard Henry Pratt, who oversaw the education of a group of Native American prisoners of war in Fort uh, Marin, Florida. Hmm. Marin? Fort Marin? Sure. Sounds about right. Right? Yeah. Pratt's philosophy was what he called... And when I heard this, I fucking raged. Nikki went and got my ghoul. <laughs> she angry. She's angry. Uh, I'm only uh, on the first oh. the first page. The shit made me rage. All right, give me it. Pratt's philosophy was what he called, quote unquote. Oh God. Kill the Indian and save the man. Fuck you, guy. Wow. Yeah. Ow. Fuck you, wow. guy. A I lot. busted my lip open and it's bleeding because that's how pissed I am. <laughs> she got so rage angry. So what the fuck? You wouldn't like her when she's angry. She got a gabagool. I was so angry, right? Like researching this the other night, I was like, "What the fuck is Ooh. wrong with this?" That's horrible. <sighs> okay. He was convinced that if Native children were removed from the Native context and placed in an Angelo one, they would assimilate within a generation. Pratt convinced the federal government to invest in a pricey experiment, a boarding school in Pennsylvania that educated Native children far from home. The Carl Isle Indian Industrial School, which Pratt opened in 1879, would become the most prominent of the 25 federally funded off-reservation boarding schools that would open over the next few decades. It was not that long ago. That's the shit that gets me so mad when we talk about things like this and other things like this. It was not long enough ago for people to be like, well, it was a different time back then. Yeah, sure. Fine. Whatever. But it wasn't long enough ago that we were... We should be that fucking stupid. The fact that I've heard more about the Dozier School for yes. Boys yes. than this yes. made me so angry. Especially when we're living in a state that is, like, Native American grown. Yeah. Like, Florida is a Native American state. I mean, you can't trip without coming across a town that has a Native American name. Mm-hmm. Where I live, um, where I used to live in northern, um, or sorry, southern St. Pete, there is, it's an Indian burial mound. Yeah. It's like. Well, I mean, just think, think of just off the top of your head. It's just. Apopka. Wikiwachi. Um, Thonatasasa. Homosassa. Like. Yeah. Hello. 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 <laughs> well, and, and okay, looking at the map, honestly. Honestly, looking at the maps, though, of where a lot of these schools were, uh-huh. they were not in the South. I understand that. And, I'm, yeah. and I agree. Well, because of well, what yeah, yeah. Because this of idiot this, said. Yeah. Let's take them far from home because then they'll yeah. assimilate to the Anglo way of life. Yeah. But when you look at where they're taking them from, and like you said, the fact that yeah. we weren't taught this, when you're living in a, in a state that's so seeped in Native American we, history that you don't even fucking learn this shit. In in a, in history class, 
I feel like I was only provided with the positives that America has done, quote unquote, their positives. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. But you don't hear about the fucked up shit. Yes. That it just, it fucking. My whole thing is like, history exists. It does. History exists. Yeah. Were mistakes made? Uh uh, yeah. Uh-huh. So yes. the whole thing is, is if we can learn the whole. I thought the whole point of history I'm burning up. I'm was so learning right <laughs> no, now. Obviously, we all are. Um, <laughs> the whole point of like having history in school is so you don't repeat your past. Yeah, teach it in schools and yeah. talk about why it was atrocious to act this way, so you don't repeat the actions of the fucking past. Think about where we grew up. So we all know Jovi and I are from New Jersey. We're from Ocean County, that, New Jersey. We what, grew up gym, in- tan, laundry life? Yes, GTL, baby. We don't pump Ooh. our gas, we pump our fists. So, but where we grew up and where we went to school was a Native American, it was named after a Native American hero, Was our town mm-hmm. was named after. We didn't learn any of this stuff in school. Mm-mm. And he was like our... He was our homie. We yeah. knew our, all of our schools were named. Actually, all of our schools were named after because it was the regional school district. But one of our schools were the Indians. So, you know, go figure. It's just all this stuff just gets me so angry. It does. Yeah. It gets worse. <sighs> so the Carl- Surprise, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> the Carlisle uh, Indian Indi- Industrial School was upheld as a model throughout the nation. Its influence didn't end there. In 1879, the Canadian government sent lawyer Nicholas Flood Davin to the U.S. on a fact-finding mission. Davin visited the Carl Isle School and other institutions and returned to Canada with a glowing review of the new educational system. (laughs) Davin recommended the government create its own residential school system as soon as possible. Wow. More than 150,000 children were taken from their home between night or sorry 1883 and 1997 holy shit a hundred and fifty thousand children and 1997 1997 charlie would you like me to pour you some more wine yes yeah you want more wine we're gonna take a wine break give us just a second back after these messages by cabernet sauvignon (laughs) okay Talking, I can hear okay. You. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good. So the Truth and Re- uh, Reconciliation Commission of Canada (TRC), which was found uh, formed in 2008, collected testimonies from over six six thousand seven hundred and fifty survivors. Oh, the my TRC God. final report concluded that the Indian residential school system was an uh, was an attempted cultural genocide. Yes, it was attempted. Is that enough? Yeah. She's like, I don't know. I may need more in a minute. I mean, I'll go get the bottle. I was going to say, can you get a bottle and a straw, please? Thank you. (laughs) But the escalating number of recovered unmarked graves point to something even darker. Given that more than 1,300 graves have been identified using ground-penetrating radar, at only four of the 139 federally run residential schools the current official number of 4120 students known to have died in the schools will end up being only a fraction of the actual total at the federal boarding schools which were located in white communities children were given angelo names their native languages and culture practices were forbidden 
Their strict educations included langu- uh, language lessons, which I need, obviously, <laughs> because I can't talk, and studies in subjects like manual labor, housekeeping, and farming, and students were usually required to keep uh, help keep the school self-sufficient by laboring there when they were not in the classroom. What the actual fuck? I saw TikTok the other day. Um, this isn't kind of with this. This is kind of maybe more so with our generation, but it was talking about like, why were we taught certain things in school versus being taught how to do our finances? Yeah. And they were talking about the fact that they wanted workers, people that yes. would go to factories yeah. and not question. Yeah. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Uh-huh. It's, it's yep. The world. I'm just like, and I'm so happy for the future generations who get a look back on all this fucked up shit and be able to form like opinions. An educated and, like, opinion. Be educated in the fact of like things that we didn't like, you know, the internet I would like to say that I'm young but I mean, I didn't really get the internet until I was like 15, Correct. 16. I remember my dad buying us encyclopedias. Yes. So that we could like have them at home for when we did school work mm-hmm. and stuff. So it's mm-hmm. like I feel like our generation is or not my generation but like the next generation yes and so on are going to be so much more informed and educated yes i think social media obviously has its major drawbacks oh it does right i mean there's obviously we all know that social media has a major drawback as far as just like abuse of people and Mm -hmm. terrible things and bullying and et cetera et cetera but the one thing that social media has done is it's made information readily available yes. in small digestible bites, like a TikTok, where yeah. you're able to, within at, within at most three minutes, learn about something that you've never known before. And it's not just like life hacks of like how to close the chip bag without making your chip stale, Dude. but it's shit like this that people never knew because well, it was this hidden. And- the amount of, like, life shit that I've learned. Like, I've learned how to change my own car filters. Yeah. And it's really not that hard. I'm like, why do you charge $130 to literally change something that cost me 10 bucks? Correct. It takes two seconds to replace. Yeah. <sighs> Sorry, I'm raging. For many, the schools were hotbeds of humiliation, abuse, and victimization. They were also dangerous. Unsanitary conditions and overcrowding fueled um, diseases such as tuberculosis, influenza, and smallpox. Mm. Especially among students weakened by trauma or, like, the rations, the meager rations that they would give them. Yeah. Schools had their own cemeteries, and students often built their classmates' coffins. Other children died by suicide or ran away. The practice was so common that some schools offered bounties for the runaways. Are you fucking kidding me? No. The temptation to return to their wildlife with the savage influences surrounding them is no doubt very strong, wrote one newspaper uh, reporter in a lengthy article about life at White's Indiana Manual Labor Institute in Wabash, Indiana. Mm-hmm. The school in... I'm sorry if I say this name wrong. I'm going to try my best. Zikala Za attended. She was eight years old uh, when the missionaries came. Lord from the South Dakota Yankton Indian um, Reservation with promises of adventure, comfort, and an education in 1889. Oh. The girl went willingly to Indiana to attend a Quaker 
Native-run uh, boarding school dedicated to training Native American children. Then she realized the teachers who had taken her um, traditional clothes upon arrival wanted to cut her hair, too. Oh. Proud of her long black hair and raised to associate short haircuts with the shame of captured warriors, yeah. she snuck away from the other children. But the adults found her hiding place. They dragged the kicking child into another room and tied her to a chair. I cried out loud, shaking my head all the while until I felt the cold blades of the scissors against my neck and heard them gnawing off one of my thick braids, she wrote in a 1921 memoir, American Indian Stories. Then I lost my spirit. Wow. Like, I got, I have chills right now. Yeah. That's disgusting. Are you crying? Not yet. Okay. I was (laughs) like. it's happening. (laughs) I'm sorry. No, it's, no, it's. You know what these assholes... They deserve to be cried for. Yeah. You know what these assholes renamed her? Uh, Gertrude. Are you fucking kidding? No. Like, I don't... No, I am not kidding. <laughs> yeah. I... <sighs> so she would go on to live most of her... Um, the rest of her childhood at boarding schools for Native students. Um, but she did go on to fight for um, the suffrage for women and Native Americans. So she was a strong fucking person. Um, yet the U.S. government considered the schools a success. I'm sure. Th- so much so that in 1891, it passed a federal law that made attendance compulsory for Native uh, children. Jesus Christ. The Bureau of Indian Affairs, the federal agency tasked with distributing food, land, and other provisions included in the treaties with the Native tribes, withheld food and other goods from those who refused to send their children to the schools and even sent officers to forcibly take children from the reservation. It was civilization by kidnapping, said one Native American advocate at a 1927 congressional hearing. It's heartbreaking. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's heartbreaking. Oh, it is. Earlier generations of Native Americans had suffered the loss of nearly all of their lands. Now the boarding schools broke up their family units and endangered their languages and culture practices. Now this, this shit, this shit right here. (laughs) This shit. As if it hasn't been bad enough already. This shit. (laughs) Is it going to be like twice a page that we're just going to rage? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So I had to look up when Alcatraz became an actual jail. Like, as far as not a military jail. Gotcha, gotcha, okay. As far as, like, when they would send just... And it wasn't until, like, I think the date was, like, 1934. Okay. But many Native uh, Native parents did not part with their children without a fight. One memorable act of protest occurred in 1894 when a group of Ho- uh, Hopi men in Arizona refused to send their children to residential schools. 19 of them were taken to Alcatraz Island in California, about a thousand miles away from their families and imprisoned for a year. I don't even... Like, if you know anything about Alcatraz... Oh, no, it's frightening. It literally is a fucking jail. It's a fortress. On a fucking island. Yes. That, like, I literally have watched documentaries about Mm -hmm. that was talking about how it's, like, impossible to escape. That's why when those guys did escape, it was, was like... Yeah. They actually think that they, they... think that they survived but it's like the fact that they did survive was like this yeah like they broke it down because it's like the, the it's near impossible because of the way that the tides are and the yeah. rocks and the form you know yeah shit's crazy so and i mean to think this is 1894 and it didn't become like a actual like non-military right jail until like the 1930s made me rage 
just a rat in a cage. <laughs> uh, so an <laughs> so an <laughs> that was weird. Okay, you know what that reminded me of? How many people? How many people in here? There's three of us in the room. Just FYI, how many of you have ever Doug? Remember Doug? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Remember Skater? Those <laughs> <laughs> <was> like honky <laughs> noises. <laughs> I think I just, I think. Because you just did that, Nikki. I think I just make random noises all the time because it, like, excites my dog. So, I'm, like, I constantly making, like, speak, speak. <laughs> making, like, random toy noises. And they're, like, I'll start calling you Skeeter. Oh, God. Please do. <laughs> uh, we so, needed that. We needed that laugh yes. in the middle we need a, of the We need torture. a good laugh. We need a good laugh. That's, Jeez, that's why we're crazy. laughing. We're not laughing because. Oh, know. I think they know by now. Yeah, no. We're laughing because we're uncomfortable. I think they know by now. In 1907, Indian Affairs Chief Medical Officer Peter Bryce reported some truly disturbing findings to his superiors. After having visited 35 government-funded schools in Western Canada, Bryce reported that 25% of all children who attended these schools had died. Jeez, mm, are you kidding me? Sorry, continue. At one school, the number was 69%. Uh, so more than half of the children died in that one school. While Bryce reported the most invariable cause of death given is ter- uh, tuberculosis, he by no means saw this as natural or... Well, no. Yeah. No, of course not, because they never would have caught it in such great numbers if they weren't all jammed together in this inhumane environment. Bryce instead (sighs) placed the blame for those appalling death rates on the schools themselves. Yes. Which were poorly constructed, lacked the proper ventilation, and frequently housed sick students in the dormitories alongside their healthy classmates. Yes. Go Bryce, man. He said, yeah, fuck this shit. He said, fuck this. It's broken. Fix it. And then they didn't. Bryce wasn't alone in sounding the warnings about the school. Throughout the system's 100-plus year history, school inspectors, school principals, medical officials, and Indian agents repeatedly issued warnings about the unhealthy conditions in the schools. Mm. This record details the school's inadequate medical facilities, non-existent isolation rooms, and lack of school nurses. It also documents overcrowding, uh, dilapidated buildings with poor ventilation and insufficient heating, as well as the woeful and adequate nutrition provided to the students. Jeez. At the beginning of the 20th century, however, enthusiasm for the system dwindled and the schools floundered. In 1928, the U.S. government commissioned what is uh, now known as the Merle Report, a comprehensive update on the state of Native American affairs. Its authors criticized everything from the school's um, deteriorating conditions to the often heavy manual labor the children were forced to perform, and pointed out that the schools relied on long outdated teaching techniques like rote learning and uh, recitation. Students were stiff, uh, stiff, hungry, sick, and demoralized, they wrote, and were subjected uh, to harsh physical punishment. The issue of food and nutrition in particular uh, speaks to the ways in which the poor conditions in the schools undermined the the student help. Yeah. As residential school historian J.R. Miller has written, we were always hungry um, could serve as the slogan for any organization of former residential school students. 
The TRC collected um, haunting testimony from survivors, including Andrew Paul, who described his time at the Roman Catholic Residential School in the Northwestern Territories. We cried to have something good to eat before we slept. A lot of the times the food we had was rancid, full of maggots, and stunk. So they didn't even have the strength. They didn't have proper food to eat. Correct. So because like the of the food. fact that they were malnourished, mm-hmm. they didn't even have the, sh- they didn't have a fucking chance. Mm-mm. They didn't have a fucking chance Mm-mm. because they didn't have the strength to just exist, let alone fight whatever the other stuff was yeah. fucking happening to them. Yeah. Malnutrition, of course, uh, compromised children's immune systems, making them more vulnerable uh, to tuberculosis and other infectious diseases. That's what Charlie just said. <laughs> yeah, that's just what you just said. But much more eloquently than when I said, fuck that guy! Um, it said, in the case of uh, TB, studies have consistently shown that the malnutrition of the type commonly described by Paul and other survivors leads to significantly higher uh, mortality among infected individuals. Absolutely it does. And as research has shown it would also have led to a much higher lifetime risk of a whole range of chronic illnesses including obesity type 2 diabetes and hypertension amen yeah mm-hmm. that's we done been knew that <laughs> throw the book at him <laughs> we done been knew that yeah no more Jovi. Wine for charlie she is shut the fuck up i don't know we done been knew uh, government and church authorities were well aware of the extent of the hunger and mal- uh, malnutrition in the schools, both before and after Bryce's damning report. Mm. The report resulted in some immediate changes, among them the emergency allocation of funds for better food and clothing in the schools. But even though the report recommended dismantling the boarding school system in favor of day schools, the schools persisted. Of course, of course they, they did. did. Why would they not? That's so gross. It's so gross gets worse i'm sure <laughs> it's like the theme of this podcast yes. right it gets worse it, it gets worse keeps getting worse it just gets worse mm-hmm. in the 1940s for instance a series of school inspections by the federal nutrition division found almost universally poor food service in the schools and widespread mal- malnutrition after attempts to improve the training for school um cooks ended in failure the head of the nutrition division lb pete chose to use the poor health of the uh, children as an opportunity to, stu- uh, to study the effectiveness of a, vi- uh, a variety of experimental nutrition interventions and non-interventions, as it turned out, into the diets of malnutritioned children. The mm. result was okay. a series of nutritional experiments conducted on nearly a thousand children in six residential schools between 1948 and 1952 so hey this kid's malnourished let's poke and prod and do studies on him 1948 and 1952 it was not that long ago i just want to keep making sure people realize it was not that long ago Mm mm-hmm these included a double-blind, random, uh, randomized experiment examining of the effects of nutritional supplements on children showing clinical signs of vitamin C deficiency, with half of the students receiving placebos and the other half receiving vitamin tablets. Oh, that's sweet. 
an examination of the impact of an experimental fortified flour mixture that included ground bone meal, among other things, at St. Mary's School in Kenora, Ontario. Sorry if I said Kenora incorrectly, but that's how I'm going with it. And an examination of the effects on um, effects of both inadequate and adequate milk consumption on a population of children with clinical signs of riboflavin deficiency. Ribo- riboflavin? Ribo- yeah. Oh, you got Wasn't that like a thing? That was like a buzzword back in the night. It, it's filled with riboflavin. That was like a thing. That was like a buzzword. Riboflavin deficiency. Back in the day. I remember that when I was a kid. Talked about riboflavin. But I'm like, have it, have, what is inadequate, inadequate milk consumption? Is it you give some of the kids milk and then you give some of the kids no milk? Uh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So, hey, you're the lucky one who gets calcium this time. I mean, I have lactose t- problems, so. So, like, I, I choose not to drink milk because I think shit's gross. Like, I hate milk. I think it's disgusting. Milk is the, th- I always think milk tastes sour. Like, no matter how fresh it is, I always think milk tastes sour. So I, like, don't choose to drink milk. But I take I take calcium supplements because of that. But, like, these kids didn't have the choice. It was just like, hey, this everybody from this line over gets the milk. Mm-hmm. Everybody from this line over doesn't get the milk. And let's just fucking see what happens. Yeah. That's basically what it was. It was just kind of like, let's see what, what happens. I both lead them. Are you looking it up? It's also known as B2. B2. Vitamin B2. Riboflavin. None of these experiments did anything to address the underlying causes of malnutrition at the schools, which was simply that the food being provided to the students was insufficient in both quantity and quality. Yes, because it's rancid and full of maggots, apparently. Oh, yeah. By Pete's own uh, calculation, after all, the per capita federal grant provided for uh, food in most schools was often half that required to maintain a balanced diet. And the same was um, the same was true for nearly every aspect of the residential school system, which from its inception to the closure of the last school in 1997 was structurally underfunded. 1997. It wasn't that long ago. <laughs> Which I believe these, this is, they're talking about the school in Canada because I've also mixed. Um, oh, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. No, you're combining the two. I know that. Yes. Yeah. So, because there's still. Jesus. There's still, Mary and Joseph. Yeah. I, it's. Mm. So it says a, simil- a similar picture emerges when we look at the kind of health care provided to residential school students who were diagnosed with TB, a disease that affects, um, with effects that were made worse by the conditions within residential schools. By the 1940s, students with TB were sent from residential schools to racially uh, segregated Indian hospitals or... You look like you're going to like no, it's just punch gross. something. It's just gross. I'm like grossed out by it. Go ahead. Yeah. Typically without their parents' knowledge or consent, where they often remain for years at a time. Indian hospitals and, um, like, residential schools were funded at a much much lower rate, often just about 50% of the per capita cost for non-Indigenous patients, meaning that the health care provided to Indigenous children patients with TG was uh, substandard. Indigenous patients, um, some as young as newborns, were also more likely to receive permanently debilitating uh, surgeries and were kept in hospital for much longer than non-Indigenous patients. Hmm. This was partly as a result of the belief that Indigenous patients 
could not be, quote unquote, trusted to follow a drug regimen at home and partly because the hospitals were an arm of the federal government's program of assimilation for indigenous peoples. Right. So now is the trust, quote unquote, trust, is that like they couldn't be trusted to maintain the regimen because they were like too stupid to do it or they couldn't be trusted because they would start dealing the drugs? No, I think that they just didn't think that they were going to take them. Gotcha. Like, they're, like, just incapable of following instructions. Well, I think also, like, indigenous people, I also, like, because it's about, like, remember when that one guy, not just with, like, our um, indigenous people here, but, like, that one guy that got killed when he went to that island of people who, like, were indigenous people. And that, like, people were talking about going and getting his body, and it's, like, he went onto their island yes. that, like, they are not a, used to being around people. And it's yes. like, you're carrying God only knows what diseases to Correct. them. Yes. So it's like, I also don't know if it's kind of like that way of that they belief. have their own way of, you know, like, they don't... They have their own way of med- of healing themselves yeah. that they're not going to take our drugs, so we have to do it here. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. It's just, it's very controlling yeah, over, yeah, yeah. like... Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, the longer uh, patients, in particular children patients, remained in the Indian hospitals, the more likely they were to lose their indigenous languages and connections to their home communities. Mm-hmm. So that's also another reason why they would keep them. Mm-hmm. Which is so f- fucked. It's so fucked. So fucked. Similar to uh, common practices in residential schools, hospital um, administrators were lax in informing families about the conditions of a child's death where uh where where they were buried or disturbingly that the child patient had passed away at all many families still have no idea what happened to loved ones who left um for these institutions and never returned so some people just don't have no idea Mm -hmm. no idea and like the fact that they were literally stolen oh literally stolen did i I print it twice yeah which is fine (laughs) you're like i thought i had so much more to go i was like oh my god i really wrote a lot i was like holy shit (laughs) i printed nikki's story twice she's like i wrote a lot man i was like i didn't think i wrote that man well i sourced a lot (laughs) exactly these wonderful people at the beginning of my story curated information they wrote this story yes they make me sound good yes um, it's clear then that the claim of residential school apologists that these children only died of TB is ultimately an attempt to whitewash what many residential school survivors and a growing number of scholars uh, scholars have characterized as genocide. That's a preach. That was a preach. Oh, I was like, you got a that question? Was a, that was a... Yeah. Many children did die of TB, as well as um, the measles, influenza, and other infe- uh, infectious diseases, but it is clear that these chronically and in- uh, intentionally underfunded institutions actually cause the high de- uh, death rates among the students. Yes. <sighs> Sorry. It's okay, Nikki. Take a breath. It's fine. I'm burning up. I know. It's an infuriating story. I'm so angry. I'm sweaty. It's, in- it's infuriating. It's infuriating. It's just like, it's just for what? For for what? for what for fear it's fear it's, it's, it's we're afraid we're afraid well, of, we're afraid of things that aren't like us so i'm going to salem at the end of the month by the time that this is posted i'll probably be in salem but like that's the thing with like the witches and stuff yes. too it's like the fear i'm like if you were anything different than what people correct and their crime the witches of salem their crime was being a woman who thought for herself yeah that's literally what your crime was a free-thinking woman burned at the stake mm-hmm 
because you just had a fucking opinion. And these... Yeah, yeah get it, Molly. Is yeah. pissed about it. She's like, you know what? Yeah, fuck them. And even... And the whole... Th- it, it's the same thing with this. It's because what? Because they have different color skin than us. They have different traditions. They speak a different language. They're on the land that we're pretending they weren't on when we got here. Like, like this just, is not our land. No. By any... This land is not my land. This land is not your land. <laughs> this land like song. is an indigenous okay. people's land. Yes. It's- From California to the New York Island. Um, I like that little jig that you guys yeah. have on there. <laughs> it's, it's honestly, it's ignorance. Mm-hmm. It's yes. ignorance at the at the thought of people that are different than you being not as good as you. Like they they're thinking that oh well because they're indigenous and you know we we got all this money and both yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they think that they're. They think that they're better than them, and Correct. they're not. And it's also the fear of the people who are different than you doing better than you. Exactly. And How dare they succeed? And as an Anglo-Saxon, that is the way that they were thinking, oh, no, we can't have that. Mm-mm. We yeah. can't have that. Eradicate. Steal all the children. Turn them into us. Mm-hmm. Cut their hair. Forbid them to use their language. Make them sick to the point of death in order to assimilate them to our culture so they are us. It's like So that way when they succeed, we can fucking take but credit. But here's the thing, I'd rather be assimilated into their culture. Well, yeah, I mean like what well, if they would just take a minute to learn about their cultures, yeah. and their way of life and why, you know, they have the beautiful long black Yes, it's hair all about and, education and appreciation. That's it. That's yeah. it. Take time to fucking learn about other people besides yourself. That's too easy. Amen, Jovi. Amen. No, actually, it's, Everyone, that's too hard. It's, it's too, too hard. hard to. It's too hard to just actually learn. It's easier to hate. Yeah, it's like frowning. It's like right? frowning, isn't it? it yes. You use more yes. muscles. You to, use more muscles to frown than you do to smile. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen, Nikki. You preach. You I tell know. them. Hmm. What is also uh, indisputable, based on the government's own records, is that the generations of federal government officials and politicians knew that the subpar conditions in the schools were killing children and choosing to do nothing. Of course they... How could they not know? How could they not know? How could they not know? The Italian hands are coming out again! (laughs) Charlie went a gabagool! She's like, I'm going to label this episode when we post on Instagram. Gabagool. We're like, watch us all go gabagool over this story. Mm-hmm. And then you have to listen to know what we're talking about. Yes. <laughs> or uh, it could be hashtag rage party. Hashtag oh, yeah. rage party. Oh, that's a good one. Yes. Yeah. Meanwhile, the fractures that uh, they had introduced into native children's, uh, or sorry, into native culture widened. Native languages began to die out, fueled by children's absences from the reservations and their forced use of English. Traditional parenting skills were not passed on to younger generations, and over the years, children at the schools reported widespread neglect and physical and sexual abuse. Jesus Christ. The most uh, debilitating message... Right? Debilitating. You're right, yeah. Okay. Reach on it, girl. The most debilitating message was one of the self-hatred. Writes, mending the... uh, Sacred Hope uh, Hoop, a native-owned nonprofit that works to end violence against Native women. 
In a 2003 report on the boarding school experiences, uh, experience, the nonprofit traced violence in Native American communities, which experience an order of magnitude more violence mm-hmm. than their majority white counterparts, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to the abuse and trauma many children suffered during their educations. Yep. Oh, you mean 2003, only six years after the last school was closed? 1997. Not <laughs> that long ago. <laughs> Native Americans continue to fight to close down the schools. Self-determined education was a priority for the uh, the Indian uh, movement in the 1960s and 1970s. In 1975, Congress passed the Indian Self-Determination and Education Assistance Act which granted tribes the ability to assume responsibility for programs that they had been administered by the federal government. Okay. I don't know. Okay. Did that make sense? Not really. No? Can you read that again? I'm sorry. No, 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 you're good. In 1975, Congress passed the Indian Self-Determination and Education Assistance Act, which granted tribes the ability to assume responsibility for programs that had been administered by the federal government. So, so I, what I took from it, or you'd say what you took from so it. So let's see if we're on the same page here. So what I'm gathering from that is we're no longer going to control the education as the federal government. We are now putting it on you okay, on the reservations to now you have to indoctrinate your children to assimilate that's, to our environment. Yeah, that's what okay. I that's what that's I caught from, from it. That okay, too. okay, okay. Yeah, because I like I read it last night and I was like, okay, let me read it again. Yes, yeah, no, that's what I caught from. And that I was too. like, I thought it made sense, but yeah, yeah. But no, 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 no. What that's saying is you, we don't want that because what that's saying is, hey, tribal leaders, whomever, you're responsible for educating your children, but you just have to make sure that you're still indoctrinating them into our culture. Oh. Yeah. So it's, you're now, you're now okay. responsible for doing what we've been doing all of these years Got to it. you. Now you have to do it for Got yourself. It. Okay. I, I wasn't yeah. following. But now, no, but now it. it's kind of just like, I would, I would Ross Geller it and say, <laughs> yeah, exactly. fuck you. <laughs> exactly. My kid, my kid's going to stay here. Mm-hmm. So it was the death kneel for most residential schools, but a few remain. Mm-hmm. Today, the U.S. Bureau of Indian Education still uh, directly operates four off-reservation boarding schools in Oklahoma, California, Oregon, and South Dakota. According to the National Native American Boarding School um, Healing Coalition, NABS, a na- uh, Native-run nonprofit, 15 boarding schools and 73 total schools with federal funding remain open as of two- 2021. For why, though? Are I they- don't know. The look on your face just scared me, though. I'm not mad at you. No, 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 I know. (laughs) You're not keeping them open. I'm just curious as to what the purpose of those schools are serving. I don't know if now that, like, I mean, it sounds like they're almost running them. Gotcha. Is it more, like, on the up and up now? Like, these are just boarding schools for the children? To be honest, you don't know. I don't know. Okay. Maybe I should have done a little bit more research in that. No, you're fine. But. You're fine. So, in the late 20th century... Mind you, we've gone through the, what, 18th century, 19th century. Mm-hmm. Now we're in the 20th century. Yeah. This is how long this shit's been going on? It was not that long ago. <laughs> in the late 20th century, the federal government began to acknowledge the school's grisly legacy. Oh, well, that's really fucking nice of them. About fucking time. In 2009, Congress passed a joint resolution of apology to Native Americans that included a reference to the forcible removal of Native of 
uh, Native children from their families to faraway boarding schools where their Native practices and languages were both degraded and forbidden. Too little too late for 500, Alex? (laughs) (laughs) I mean... Oh, I'm sorry. You need to slap on the wrist. Correct. Now, to play play devil's advocate, as I am wont to do, to play devil's advocate, they're apologizing for the sins of people who they have no control over. Correct. Right. And like I said, it's the fucking least you can do is at least acknowledge and apologize for the atrocities of the past. Right. My whole thing is what then the, the one step further then needs to be sure that education of what's what happened is happening not just for the indigenous people they fucking know their history they know exactly what happened to to them and their people it's everybody else needs to fucking know Mm -hmm. so it's not enough to just apologize i mean sure apology apologize right because it was it was your it was our government who did this to you yeah but then take it that one step further and educate make sure it doesn't fucking keep happening it doesn't happen again because mm-hmm. the next time it's not indigenous people, the next time it's another other, and I'm using air quotes, it's another other that's being thrown in a similar or same situation. But in 2016, the U.S. Army began to um, basically dig up the remains of the bodies buried at uh, Carl Isle mm-hmm. Indian School to their um, to their tribes and bands, basically like bringing bringing the remains back to the tribes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it was the only known effort to do so in the United States. Hey. And it's still go- ongoing. The number of children who were sent off reservation uh, residential boarding schools over their century-long history is unclear, but the scars remain, um, and the intergenerational wounds were reopened with the recent reports of the unmarked graves in Canada. In response, the Secretary of the in- uh, Interior, Deb Ha-Land, ha- it's ha Land. Ha 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 land. Ha. Land. The first Native American to serve as a cabinet secretary announced the Federal Indian Boarding School Initiative, a program designed to review the school's histories and uh, and legacy. The program will investigate known and uh, suspected burial sites. Wow. The Native American Boarding School Coalition applauded the initiative. We have a right to know what happened to the children who never returned from home from Indian boarding school. Mm-hmm. The sure NABS do. said in a release, the time for, uh, the time is now for truth and healing. Absolutely. And that is just a portion. I was going to say the tip of, of the iceberg. This bullshit. Yeah. Wow. I didn't realize it was that heavy. Like that's, yeah. that's, atrocious it's gross atrocious it's gross yeah as a childish gambino says this is america (laughs) drugs in my area um yes i thank you nikki for you know it's it's one of those things yes you know obviously we we kid to make the situation light because it's so heavy and it's so upsetting i Um, raged so but hard. it was it got real we cut out a lot of stuff probably <laughs> that we didn't want to put on the air because we got real angry yeah. um but no seriously it's one of those things where no matter how angry it makes you to hear this stuff you have to learn about these horrible mm-hmm. things that happen otherwise it's again why was i not taught this in school correct and the whole thing is is just to respect these children who were ripped from their homes and Mm -hmm. killed because of selfish reasons and 
stupidity and racism, truly. Mm-hmm. Um, the least we can do is talk about them. The the least, the yep. very least that we can do is talk about them and let people know that this is real. It happened. Um, it was not that long ago. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Charlie likes to clap when she's angry. Um, no, it's, well, no, it, you were snapping just now. That <laughs> I was, I was snapping and clapping. It gets, it gets very snappy and clappy. Um, but yeah, it's, it's important for us to learn these things if for no other reason, but to pay tribute and to remember the children who, and, and the families who were ripped apart and mm-hmm. the tribes who were never going to be the same and the cultures that are eradicated because of stupid, selfish, racist acts. And it's sad and it's awful and it's shameful. Mm-hmm. It's shameful, but it's important to know. No matter how hard it is to hear, it's important to know. So, um... You can learn from it. Absolutely. You can do nothing but learn from it. And... And change. Change... Hopefully change people's minds. Change your own mind. Mm-hmm. Um, be kinder. Be kind to everybody... Well... <laughs> be kind to kind people... <laughs> what? <laughs> Nikki said, well... <laughs> Not everybody out there deserves kindness, yeah, no. but yeah, I try... No. You know, be kind to kind people, you know, and sometimes even when people are not so nice, I try to think, well, what's gone wrong in their day? Exactly. Sometimes it's not a little bit of tenderness, right? That's a song. You just got to spread a little bit of kindness, a little bit of tenderness. It's, it's hard for me to find the words. Um, But yeah, I, it's You're just, better at being nicer to people than I am. Ah. Uh, uh-huh. Like, fuck everyone. Yeah. Exactly. I just don't talk to anybody and then it just makes my life a lot easier. But yeah. no, I, like I said, it's it's important for us to know these things because it's it can do nothing but bring be beneficial and bring awareness and help us to be a kinder, more welcoming, more loving people. And like I said, it's not there. At this point, there's nothing else that we can do but to be educated in it and to change and to acknowledge mm-hmm. and to be better. Let's just be better. Yeah. Let's be better than we were before. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. That was a hell of a fucking story, Nikki. Thank you to you. Jonay. Thank you to you. Thank you to Jonay. Girl. Thank you for bringing that to our attention. Thank you for allowing us to tell that story. We hope yeah. that we... Did it justice. Um, yeah. Yeah. And with respect and with love and with kindness. and Because uh, that's always our goal. <clears throat> for all of the things that we do, we always want to make sure that we are speaking from a place of love and respect because that's at the end of the day what we want to do the mm-hmm. most is spread love and spread joy mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hugging my microphone i'm hugging all of you right now I'm hugging you too. it could also have been the third glass of wine i had tonight <laughs> but no um all right so anyway thank you guys so much for listening uh please find us on our socials bed crime stories on instagram and tiktok and uh twitter mm-hmm <laughs> Bed Crime Stories Pod at gmail.com if you want to shoot us an email. Uh, you can also send us an, uh, a DM on Instagram with story suggestions. Sh- just mm-hmm. say hey. Send us pictures of your dogs, cats, pigs, llamas, alpacas, uh, oh, sheep. Your, Big fan of sheep. Your dog who thinks he's a cat. Yes, yes. Um, your dog, while she gives you an evil eye while you're sitting here recording your podcast with your friends, because apparently that's what my dog does. Um, she said you're being too loud for my nap. She's like, I'm trying to sleep in the room where you guys are talking. How dare you? In the room where it happens. Um, but anyway, 
Like, subscribe, rate, review. I think that's all I usually say. Um, again, thank Tell you guys so much for listening. Hmm? Tell a friend. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we love you all. Please be kind to one another. Um, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. But until then, sweet dreams. Our theme song is the song Industrial Music Box by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. creativecommons.org backslash licenses backslash by backslash 3.0.